Welcome to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear, where every single week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of God. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey. And guys, he was here, but he said something about trying to work his way off the naughty list. (laughs) Good luck, Lackey. While we wait on Reed, permit me to remind you listeners that here at The Fear of God We Explore, we don't explain except for right now. When I explain that you can find all things foggy at thefearofgodpodcast.com, things such as and especially how to support us on Patreon. Being a patron nets you so much. Longer episodes, bonus episodes, special hangouts with us and other foggers. You really ought to gift yourself a patron membership this holiday. Also on the website, you'll be able to purchase Fog Swag. You'll find an archive of all episodes in chronological and alphabetical order, no less. Thank you, continuity guru Steve Beckley. And the absolute, unquestionably most significant and important thing you can find at thefearofgodpodcast.com is, well, well, wait a minute, who is this with a big old grin and a glass of milk, but the one, the only jolly old St. Lucky? <laughs> I've been a very, very bad boy. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I couldn't remember the bit. Oh, laggy face. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Oh, not this, not that movie. Uh, Wrong movie. Good movie. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Nope, not that movie. Um, It wanted to be that that movie. movie. It's not that movie. That's Die Hard. Oh, oh, oh. I gotta be honest. I have seen Die Hard. I think I've seen Die Hard more than once. I am not as versed. I mean, I, I clearly, of course, know it. Uh, but, like, I should remedy that sometime soon. It has been decades since I've seen Die Hard. Hmm. Hmm. What's that face for? I'm not an. I'm not a Die Hard hater. No, 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 no. That face was, uh, we should just do it on the show. We should just do it on the okay. show this run. Let's Which, do, all right, it, next week. You know, next week. All right. So, Boom. next week, we're doing, doing Die Hard. Preview of coming attractions. Next next week for our <laughs> Christmas run, we're doing Die Hard. It is official. Well, Die Hard's you, next week's movie. I'm, you, you I'm said, down. I'm down. Let's I'm do down. It. Hey, I'm here. Do, I'm going to go buy it. Die Hard. I'll get it on 4K yeah. or something. I'll go find a good yeah, a copy do of it. it. All right. That's a great you, you gave me a good seg. You gave me a good segue here, Lackey. And one, just pleasure to see your face as always. Uh, you listeners, thank you finding your way to us today whether this is your first or 300th episode of the fear of god we are thankful you chose to share your time with us last week we fiddled while castle rock burned as we discussed stephen king's needful things as part of our second quarterly king of the year today 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 today, (laughs) we are jumping into a holiday themed run of episodes to finish out the year lovingly titled happy horror days 
Surprise read. <laughs> uh, with 2022's <laughs> David Harbour as Santa Claus flick, Violent Night. But, read if you'll permit me to walk us into it. Uh, before we get to the movie, let's, let's do it. Okay. So, a couple weeks ago, we tested out a brand new patron segment. And if you are not a patron, you should come on board the patron bandwagon, if only because of listening to us sound like idiots finding our way into, uh, you know, uh, new segments and bits and bobs. And pardon me while I Google something real quick. Uh, we're going to do a patron segment. We're going to revisit a patron segment that we did a couple weeks ago called uh, the <clears throat> Six Degrees of Horror Icons, where we take mm. the stars of today's film and try to find the shortest path to our favorite horror luminaries. So, listener, won't you join us as we go to the patron mobile? So that was a fun patron segment. And if you are not a patron, <laughs> you missed out on round two of six degrees of horror icons, wherein we connected David Harbour to Ghostface, David Harbour to Freddy Krueger. Oh, and yes. mm-hmm. John Leguizamo to I can't remember. That's all. Uh, John Leguizamo is. to was it Freddy? No, Michael Myers. It was Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. Look at yep. there. That's we right. did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did it, and you that know how they can find out. That was fun. How we did, and how oh. painstaking that was. They can join Patreon. Uh, while <laughs> they're pondering tell. that, Reed, why don't you share with us a summary about this movie we're covering today? Okay. All right. Uh, so the film is called Violent Night, and it says from the producers of Nobody and John Wick comes a bare-knuckle, cold, dark holiday action comedy that says you should always bet on red. When a team of mercenaries breaks into a wealthy family compound taking everyone inside hostage, they are not prepared for a surprise combatant, Santa Claus. David Harbour from Stranger Things stars as Saint Nick delivering some serious season's beatings to save the family and the spirit of Christmas. Awesome. 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 So, uh, Nathan. Reed. Had you seen this movie before? You'd watched it one time before already? Funny you should ask, Reed, because yes, I had seen Violent Night before. In fact, it was last year's sort of impromptu Fear of God movie outing here in Charlotte during the run of the birth, which uh, got to hang out with uh, Quarterly King. Andy Hillebofus Whitfield and his wife nice. uh, got to hang out with Meredith Curran, Jess Fishley, uh, Charlie Baber, uh, guest of the show, and wow. his husband. Uh, Jackson Harper was there. Gory Gamer Matt Murray and his son Jack were there. So it was a grand old time seeing Violent Night Dag in on. 2022. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so That's this was great. my second, I love this my, my second go round. Um, nice. I, How do you feel about this movie? I think it's fun. Um mm-hmm. I am I am prepped because I read your letterbox review uh, <laughs> for your take. Um, uh, not because I thought we'd be at odds, but I just I just saw it and I'm like, oh, I wonder what he thought. Oh, that's what mm. he thought. Um, mm. and, and you know, who knows? Maybe uh, in true lackey fashion, you'll be more diplomatic verbally than you are uh, via no. text, where you're quite harsh and cruel. Um, <laughs> uh, but 
I, I think it's fun. Um, I would own that it is, you know, it's got weaknesses. Is it a classic? I don't know. What takes this movie from modestly entertaining for me to like, I really, really enjoy it is Harbor's performance. Uh, mm. it, it really, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I just think a lot of the guy and, and the actor, David Harbor. And so, what I know about him and and his methodology and taking roles and his sort of personal struggles he's faced as far as depression, mental illness goes and the commitment he brings to the roles he takes. Like I just, yeah, he just, it feels like it's more to, to him. This choice was more than just paycheck, right? More than just yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. cutesy, fun Christmas movie. Um, uh, so so yeah, all things being equal, I think it's entertaining. Um, I don't know that it's one I'll watch over and over and over again, but it is one I enjoy and uh, am I think excited to talk about with you. <laughs> sure, <laughs> what about sure. <laughs> okay, so uh, to be clear, uh, my uh, letterboxed review was not a you know a scathing takedown, or at least I didn't feel like it was. It was, I'll, I'll lead with and rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, as of right now, pre-Fear of God conversation, one viewing in, my feelings about this film are firmly fine. Like, a bit tepid. There's a couple of things that I'll point to that I would say I loved, and a couple of things that I was really, candidly, kind of let down by. Uh, so, let me lead with at least a couple of the loves and maybe cite a few critiques, but um, could not agree more with you about David Harbor. David Harbor is worth the price of admission for this. I love every moment that he's in. So charismatic to watch. He's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I didn't even really know a lot of the meta stuff that you alluded to about his choice in the role and taking the role and everything like that, which only heightens even more what I feel like he brings to it. Um, He's just, he's just exceptional at doing this pretty specific thing that he brings to it. And so in that, to that end, I love him in this. There's a couple of, I, I really dig uh, Trudy. I think she's, oh, I yeah, think she's, she's adorable. Great. I think she's, uh, I think she's great in the part. And I think the way the film uses her is pretty great. Um, pretty much everything revolving around that. Um, so I, some of my favorite parts of this film are when the pair of them are either talking on the walkies or interacting in some way as they do somewhat later in the film. Those are my favorite parts of yeah. this film. That's where my energy rises up. That's where I really connect with what the film's trying to do. Um, I have two fairly big critiques, and one viewing in, they were enough to really sort of dampen and dilute what energy I might have had around the film. So, critique number one is I feel like the villains, by and large, uh, are just carbon copy, like, uh, they're, they're just kind of, uh, oh, we're going to uh, throw them off of an assembly line. There's very little distinction between them. The, uh, even in the way some of them look, it feels like they're going to try to aim for some distinction, but then they wind up functionally in the narrative just kind of doing all the same thing. Um, and also, I, I I couldn't be further from being prudish about, like, vulgarity or stuff like that, but... It began to be a bit numbing that the way the film tried to play with, you know, being harder edged and being sharper was just repeated uses of the F word as opposed to too many dirty jokes, as opposed to like some some crass situational things that they tried to do. It was just like a repetition of like, oh, okay, we're just that that's the primary adjective for this for this script. And and I, like I said, I'm not prudish about that. But at a point I was just like, why? 
It felt it felt anathema to me for other things the film seemed to be trying to do about tapping into the sentiment and the spirit of Christmas and some of the things that I feel like it sort of tap dances up to to try to uh, integrate into the narrative. Uh, so that threw me a little bit. Uh, my biggest critique, people are going to roll their eyes at me. You might roll your eyes at me, and that's fine. But this is my biggest critique. Um, I love Nobody. I thought Nobody was a great movie with Bob Odenkirk. I love the John Wick films, uh, pretty much all of them. As of this recording, still haven't seen part four, but the but the first three, I love them. I, I, I really dig them. So I love me a good let's buckle in and just have a bunch of action. Love, love, love it. About halfway through the movie, a weird thing happened in my brain where I was like, why is this Santa Claus? No real reason, given the action sequences and set pieces, for this to be Santa Claus. The effort and impetus of it being something that like, he has stumbled into it, like the only real reason that the film gives us for why this has to be Santa Claus is there's no other way that somebody would find themselves in this compound on this night while these mercenaries are doing that. Like, There's no real narrative way why a department store Santa or somebody else would have made their way into this. And so that's why it kind of has to be the actual magical iteration of Santa Claus. But as the fight sequences played out, I was like, he's, he's, he's just a dude. He's, he's a very good at fighting. He's exceptional at fighting, but he's just a dude with only one major moment that I can think of where magic is specifically the reason he wins the fight. All the rest of it, he just out-toughs them and sometimes doesn't out-tough them. Like, gets stabbed, gets shot, gets like brutalized and beaten a little bit. So again, listeners may roll their eyes at me, but what I was kind of primed for as a, this sounds like a fun premise is the way we can have rollicking, perhaps brutal action set pieces that deploy magic. Santa Claus is a magical being. And, and so like, if we're going to venture into that, let's play in the sandbox of all the fantastical things that Santa Claus could possibly could possibly do and deploy in the middle of the fight sequences. As it was, he just kind of, you know, uh, gets a little bit better once he has the sledgehammer, but he just kind of dukes his way out of it. So if you're down for action set pieces and and really fun, I do, I do think the action set pieces are well choreographed. I think they're well staged. Uh, the This pedigree of creatives certainly have got their bona fides in that regard. But uh, perhaps, you know, dinging myself on some silliness, I was like, why did this character have to be Santa Claus for this premise to work? And that didn't really land for me, didn't really work for me on the whole. And maybe this conversation will connect some dots that I couldn't connect for myself on the film on its own. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I stand on uh, Violent Night. A lot of love for Harbor, a lot of love for the actor who plays Trudy. Um, and was really excited and energized about the premise, but the the substantive lack of magic in the interior fight scenes kind of kind of jarred me after a little while. Where I was like, "Why is this Santa Claus?" So anyway, that's my that's my take. That's my controversial take on Violent Night. Hmm. Does that make sense? I'm not quite sure how to read your face. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, it's t- time now to go to the fog meter, which is our <laughs> patented. <laughs> um, okay, so these are just thoughts that came to me while you were sharing your critiques. And yes. I want to hold space for what I 
what I think I'm understanding of your but why Santa critique. I, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Part of me wants to say, um, uh, the 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 strong reaction I I have is don't let the desire for the perfect be the enemy of the good. You might not think this which is a good fair, movie, yeah. and that and that might actually be where we land here. Um, which which actually sounds more critical of your take than I intended to be. Simply, what what I'm trying to say is when we talked about Lights Out, um, it felt like there was a general feeling of there's a lot of strengths here. The weaknesses sure. threaten the entire operation. Um, I was able to hold tension there, and and so kind of importing that mentality here, like I have to imagine that I could be wrong. I have to imagine there was probably conversations about the rules around what Santa in this movie could or sure. couldn't do. Yes. And yeah. obviously what they settled in for was more of uh immortalized pre previously mortal being mm-hmm. who who mm-hmm. gets the privileges of some magical artifacts, you know, this the 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 toy bag, the you know, the, yeah. the touch in the nose type of stuff. I, and, and, and so on the one hand, I'm actually empathetic to what you're saying and actually not dismissing it whatsoever. Cause the, the more at my first take, when you said, why does it have to be Santa? I, I didn't totally get it. The more you extrapolated, the more I was like, okay, I, I can see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I wonder if I've not seen enough Santa movies, <laughs> because I mean, <laughs> sincerely, fair. because yeah. as you're describing yeah. it, I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. That just didn't bother me much. Um, maybe I'm just not thinking enough of, of the other Santa type movies that are out there. You know, this is definitively no Santa Claus, which admittedly I actually haven't seen, but I just know, you know, is, is more magically infused being. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I guess I'm trying to be empathetic at the same time, you know, like, what I would, what I would meet you on somewhere though you didn't actually say this. I think it was perhaps perhaps implicit in some of your letterbox was kind of pacing is a little wonky, like the middle sags Can a little be. bit for yeah. me. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the general beats work well enough that it's entertaining to the point that I mean, this is just me. You know, they talk about a sequel on the horizon, and yeah, yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I welcome that. I think. I think the the character of Santa that David Harbour plays in Violent Night, I would happily sign back up for. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm actually I'm trying yeah. to thread this needle of like there was a moment where it did feel a little like, OK, is Reed just piling on because of mo- and, and, and hear me. I'm mm-hmm. actually not mm-hmm. criticizing you for that, because I know sometimes for me. Um, this is a dramatic example. I've used it before, but I'm <laughs> going to use it here. This is a, dr- a dramatic sure. example, which isn't what you're saying. Um, 20 years ago or more when I, when I turned on the water boy for the first time and within minutes <laughs> had Adam Sandler talk and I was like, I'm out, I'm done. Like my brain had yeah, decided sure. immediately based on what it was absorbing. This isn't mm-hmm. what I thought or wanted or care about. And so I'm, I'm sympathetic to the fact that sometimes our brains are just going to go to that place. And as we're watching this you know, movie sometimes of like, okay, a, a cognitive horizon gets, gets, stepped over and you're no longer able to plug into it as much as you might have otherwise. And I'll tell you the context of watching these movies for me. One was, as mentioned, the fear of God sort of hang. So, so automatically there's a, there's a level of energy and fun attached to it. And, you know, super Santa magic or not aside, like I do think some of the, uh, 
set pieces are fun and funny and and that kind of thing. Yes. Uh, script is decent from that standpoint. So that was context one. Context two, I, I think I told you this. I I watched this with my two older kids uh, oh, yeah. uh, this time. Yeah, yeah you and, did. Mm-hmm. Uh, once, I, I want you to be able to respond as you want to, but I also want to share some of their responses. So I, I, I think there's a chance the movie by itself is more in the fine category. Mm. Um, fine to good. Uh, I think for me, those contexts elevated it, uh, at, at, you know, uh, first time yeah. unadulteratedly. So this time I'm as conscious of, oh my God, you know, my kids just heard the word, uh, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> that, right. uh, yeah. coupled with just trying to enjoy it and follow them as they're on the ride for their first like R rated, you know, violence sure. yeah. movie yeah, of course. Um, yeah. with, with Jim Hopper, whom they love dearly, you know, um, of course. Yeah. And, and I, I think the movie, when I first saw it started on a strong foot for me, which is just mm-hmm. him. I, I love the reflective nature of his character. Again, ignoring mm-hmm. some of your criticisms mm-hmm. there, or, or as in taking into account some of your criticisms there, I like this is just a dude who's lived a really long life who inherited this mantle and is trying to figure out his, sure. his who he is, you know, in light of all of that. Yeah. And, and so I really right. appreciate right. that. I want to give you some room to respond a little bit there if you want to, but, no, but that's I- kind of what I hear when, when you're cr- critiquing it. So this may, for me, be um, a very, very large neon sign of missed opportunity and not necessarily objectively critiquing a lot of the interior stuff. The only thing that I would that I would really point to that I would say is objectively doesn't work very well for me is the villain aspect of it. Love Harbor, love Trudy, uh, and I think the action set pieces, the fight sequences are great, pretty uniformly. I think they're great. They look great. They're propulsive. They're fun to watch. All of those specific things are great. The only thing that I would point to that I would say like, yeah, I think objectively this was, um, these were kind of some poor choices were the villains. Um, Inclusive of Leguizamo? Yeah. Leguizamo has no arc. He has no arc. Um, He is a flat line throughout the entire thing. Even when we learn some of his vehemence against right. Santa, it it doesn't even really, like all that really does is create a moment where he's like, you really are him. Well, good, now I get to kill you and bleed into a next action set piece. I, I love Leguizamo. We praised him when we praised a few other things in The Happening, but I feel like his character has no definable arc or change. He just, he comes in this, uh, the, the motivation for it is just the motivation for what they're doing is basically well, can, just, can I ask, I'm money. sorry to jump in there, but, but yeah, because sure. you, you feel pretty strongly here. Like, can I ask, like, you know, we just in, in real time decided next week we're covering die hard. And like I said, it's been years yeah. and years and years since I've seen that. And clearly violent night is templated after, uh, sure. that yeah, in a very yeah, strong yeah. way. Like, like what would, I don't know. I'm struggling with the, um, okay. I'll frame it this way. And, and what's fun about these conversations sometimes is we are both podcast hosts and just friends trying to be conscientious of each other's feelings and takes. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. I would actually give you more on the, but where's the Santa magic than I sure. currently I'll feel yeah. on the, mm-hmm. but about the villains, because I guess I just think mm-hmm. I'm with you. Are well-rounded characters a thing to shoot for? Absolutely. Like just, yeah. yes. Are, are, are absolutely the, is the ground littered with red shirts in this movie by the time it's over? Yeah. Uh, uh, literally and figuratively. Um, I, I guess I just don't, 
you know, c- cinema, both of the forgettable and unforgettable variety mm-hmm. are both riddled with, with villains who, you know, aren't Thanos, uh, but also aren't, you know, uh, spoiler alert, Darban from the Marvels. Like, like there's, there's this, po- <laughs> these, these polarities, uh, of incredibly well-rounded that very few, if we're honest, movies truly mm-hmm. get to, um, yeah. and then utterly forgettable for me personally, I'm not even arguing that what Leguizamo has or delivers here is, is next level. I just think for me in ways that it surprises me how much it feels like it's, it pinged for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to the end of it and just think, well, that, you know, Oh, Oh, what a, <laughs> that, that guy got us just desserts or whatever, you know, <laughs> right. it surprises well, me the level of, of, of degree you're, you're throwing at that one. Well, um, I will, I will say that had the film been pretty uniformly just these are red shirts who are after money and that be it, then um, then then maybe I wouldn't necessarily feel that way. But there is a very key scene that highlighted for me why Leguizamo is flawed is a flawed conceptual character to me, and that's the scene where they first have Santa tied up. And he's in there with, uh, yeah. I, I tried to write some of these things down, but he's, uh, I know he calls the one guy Bjorn, yep. and then the other person I think is called Candy Cane. The woman, yeah. Yes. Their reaction to finding out this is Santa, yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful. And actually, them, they're, they're my favorite villains sure. because they have a notable reaction to finding out this is really Santa, and it changes the way they inhabit the scene. And it changes how they approach what they are supposed to do. And not for nothing, I didn't mention this in my earlier like likes. Uh, I think one of my favorite scenes is when Trudy home alone's the heck out of it. Oh, it's I think so that's good. I think it's hysterical. I love that scene. Love everything about that scene. So I love those villains. And that highlights for me the way they reacted to it. And let's not for nothing, they do very little to make those changes. Very, very little, but it's noticeable. And Leguizamo, God love the man, I see nothing noticeable about it, even as he moves from denial to realization. Nothing. There's not even an increase in anger. There's not even a, you know, oh, now I'm going to go for you. It just, it is such a flat line for, for me. Where sure. I was like, okay, that's, a, that, that's, that's difficult. And again, like even if he, his motivation at the end was now I finally get to kill Santa. Then dude, like just go for freaking broke. But as it is, it felt very much like so many of the other set pieces, except that Leguizamo uh, deploys his tools uh, a little bit more skillfully and gets the upper hand on Santa a little bit more, but there's no, like it, it doesn't change the energy of what's happening. It's very numbing, very flatlining for me when I, when I engage that. Um, and to, the, I mean, and, and in your defense, like I, I actually, I am even as I say it's it, it feels like you're being slightly unfair. I hadn't said that yet, but even as I sort no. of say that, I actually don't really disagree with the fundamental, you know, kind of critique you're describing. Hmm. Um, you know, which is why I wouldn't say, well, why this movie is fun to me is like with Alma's performance, you know, because because I sure, guess yeah, sure. at the end of the I day, I, I do kind of understand what you're saying, and and not for nothing. I imagined after this, after this viewing, like if you remove Harbor from the mix, mm-hmm. if you, if you cast this, like if this was a more winky, uh, performance from whoever's as Santa, like why to yes. me, um, set pieces alone aren't going to get me there. 
Uh, sure. Like you can you can have some pretty solid set pieces, which they do. But I think without Harbor, this is a far less movie. Uh, and so, which which yes. is kind of yeah. me trying to come over to your line of thinking a little bit. In so far as that. like, yeah, it's it's most of its pieces are fine. Several several of its pieces are really great. Um, yeah, to me. Um, yeah. No, I, I I don't I don't disagree with that. And uh and and let me get back to the let me get back to the 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 Santa magic of it. Uh, like again, to me, if you can find a narrative way for a for a dude who just is a department store Santa to find his way into this compound and then do what he does, I don't think the film changes much. With the very very big exception, spoiler alert, but we're a spoiler show of how Santa finally dispatches with Leguizamo. That is sure. magic. It is creative. It is, you know, like all of those different things. So, so when that moment arrived, I was like, why didn't I see more of this in the last hour and 45 minutes? Yeah. Like, yeah. why, why didn't I see more of it? Cause that was inventive. It was him deploying what is at the tools at his disposal rather than just his fists and the sledgehammer to try to would. Okay. Well, here's a question because, because, you know, uh, again, I actually am not oppositional to the, criticisms you're making i just didn't feel them in the way you did um sure the, yeah. you know like to you is it more like you either go the opposite direction the movie does and go nuts with the magic or at minimum let the script tell me something like let the script let let santa at some point to right. trudy just be like kid this is the breaks like it's teleportation and it's a magic sack you know like like yeah. Does yeah. that Have do some, kind yes. of what you're after, which is at least the movie is cognizant of the rules it's imposed on itself. Is that yes. kind of what you're saying? Yes. Yes. And had the film been a little bit more deliberate in a script moment saying, you know, like having Trudy ask like, but you're Santa. Right. Like, right. Can't you do this? And he's like, listen, kid, like I can do this and I can do this. Then I would have at least been like, okay, it's conscious. Yeah, I can. And I can it's see deliberate. That. Yeah. And uh, instead of it just being like, no, I'm the real Santa Claus. And I know all of your personal histories. And I know your name. And I see you when you're sleeping. And I know when you're awake. And all this other kind of stuff. But then when we're going to fight, not only I get a very real sense, as do the characters in the film, that Santa could die at any moment. Sure. And I'm like, he's... This is this is um, problematic, not from a social standpoint, but from a narrative standpoint. When a magical being can be treated so mortally, period. Like right, a couple right. of bullets take him out. He's a magical being. What do you like? What, it, what? And so again, back to the point of, I either need for the script to hang a lantern on the rules. This is what we're working with. So this is what the set pieces are going to be. Or honestly, <laughs> I would have loved them to. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Right, right, <laughs> you know, right. like and just Amp and just up. go, yeah, just go full bore with all the stuff like that. That scene in the sledgehammer, man. Like we know he can teleport. I'm like, have the dude like missed when they swing at him, and then re-solidify just to bop them on the head with a hammer. Like you know, have him leverage all of those things, even with what they've already shown us. But as it stands, he's a hulking brute who is really good with that hammer. And don't get me wrong, those action set pieces are really fun to watch. But I kept having difficulty bridging the gap between why is this Santa? And it was for the reasons I've already laid out. I won't belabor the point, but well, I, was and I, just I like, wonder yeah. if, and, and again, I think, I think the solve here would have been a script note of, of, mm -hmm. of Harbor's Santa articulating to Trudy in, in, in kind of just that uh, omniscient voice kind of way. of just like, here, sure. Here, here's the rules kid. You know, like this is what I can do and I'm going to do everything I yeah. can for you guys. But um, I, I could see a world where uh 
too much magic means no conflict, you know? Uh, so it's, it's all about sure. getting creative, yeah. you know, it's all about getting yeah. creative with exactly. Exactly. And these are people, these, these are creatives. I'll, I'll say this and, and, and maybe we can move on to some other segments, but, uh, these are people who with nobody, which listeners, if you haven't seen nobody, nobody's a great, great action flick with Bob Odenkirk with nobody. You have an older kind of wayfish, uh, white collar guy that just turns out to be a total badass with the John wick films. Keanu Reeves is not, he's tall, but he's not a physically imposing presence. And the way the action of those films makes me believe that he can do everything that he can do. These are clearly people who can leverage inventive, creative moments. I wasn't actively thinking about their pedigree while I was watching the film. I was more thinking about like, this is just Santa and Santa's just gloved up. And that's, that's really all he's doing. Um, so, so yeah, I think maybe it, it, it's, it's bad criticism, bad film criticism for me to judge it based on the movie that I wish it was versus the movie that it is, but trying to be self-critical and hone down in the movie that it is tells me very deliberately, this is Santa Claus, a magical being, and then too many times treats him as a definitively mortal being. And, uh, that kind of disconnected for me and, and I think it the, there were some missed opportunities that maybe in a sequel, maybe they do go bigger, bolder, more nuts. You know, I would I would sign up for a sequel for this. Chestnuts. I didn't I didn't dislike it enough. <laughs> chestnuts, yes. Oh, chestnuts. Um, I mean, okay. But no, I, yeah. Phew. That was um. You know, that was the thing. Um, I will shout out that a an active laugh out loud moment was you named your kid Bertrude. Oh my god! Uh, I mean, hysterical. hysterical. Yes, jinx, <laughs> jinx. Um, I mean, oh. and I owe you uh, a coke. <laughs> when when <laughs> the husband leaps over the couch to escape and yells parkour, I mean that was <laughs> hilarious. Uh, there there are some clever bits. I mean, I I will. Yeah, I agree. If I'm if I'm coming fully over to your side, I do agree. You know, they could have name checked at least what. Santa can and can't do real explicitly like let us know. So we kind of know what to expect there. Um, So there's been, I mean, you know, tension might be too strong a word, but you know, we we're coming from different angles here, but read, read, read before (laughs) we, we commit too hard to the, to a debate show. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Lest we forget violent night. We are a horror show. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if it's gory, if it's gross, if it causes you a fright, it is time for the part of the show that we call That Ain't Right for Violent Night. sure as hell ain't right <laughs> that ain't right for violent night <laughs> oh my gosh so um you go first i want to know okay that ain't right. so i'm gonna i'm gonna cite something that was you know kind of countering my point earlier that was a non-magical but notably inventive and creative death slash kill uh that i loved i thought that's fantastic this is what i'm signing up for um is when after a pretty, uh, you know, even Steven kind of brutal fight that Santa has with one of the folks in either the attic, the basement, the basement. I lose a little bit of the yeah. basement. Um, 
He stabs yeah. that dude uh-huh. right in the eye with a with a tree star, and then that's one thing because now you've blinded him. You've you've kind of impaired his ability, you know, to to navigate the fight. But then <laughs> he plugs it up and just cooks his face. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and I wrote that down as my that ain't right, but not going to lie. Like, it's almost a that's so right because I was like, yes, this is, this is the kind of wacky that I'm, that I'm signing up for. Uh, I just, I know it's a non-magical moment, which I keep, I, I kept beating up or picking on the, the non-magic of it all. But I was like, that, that kill was great. <laughs> it was really, it was really fun. So yes, that's my that ain't no, right. That's, that's a fantastic one. I think that, arguably of that. So right. Um, well, you know what? Nope. I'm going to do this one. Uh, okay. th- to me, the top that ain't right is what I called limbless leg was Uh, <laughs> that was such a fantastic payoff, uh, that I, that I did not see coming whatsoever. I wasn't even, you know, sort of, cognizant of the environment they were fighting in and that oh by the way there's a burnt out house there you know kind of an old structure uh with a chimney Mm -hmm. in it uh such that when when you know um, santa's inability to touch his nose and scurry up a chimney throughout the rest of the movie uh he does so right there with startling and staggering effect um that was that was okay it was it was amazing. But can I tell you another thing that I thought of? Again, like magic slash missed opportunity. <laughs> Please. Um, ruin my that ain't right. So, Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That moment is perfect. Uh, and it is that moment that fuels what I'm about to suggest that the film chooses not to do. Because I think that moment is perfect. I have a lot of problems with the Leguizamo versus Santa fight before it gets to that moment. But that moment, I would say I loved. I loved Harbor's line. I love that he leverages magic to win the fight. I love the the just go for it grossness of Leguizamo's <laughs> limbless Leguizamo, as you put it. Like, yes, that is that is perfect. But then right after that, he's just standing up there and it's just like three bullets and he falls mm. off the chimney. And then you get this other like, who is he? Nothing. No name character. You know, because you play a lot of video games. Like, you don't beat the big bad of the film only to get taken out like a chump from some other character. You know what I would have loved is I would have loved some version of the guy like fires, doesn't hit him, but like fires in the air or something. And then starts going on this screed about like, you're not Santa, you're not really Santa or, you know, all this other sort of stuff. And then the reindeer come back. I would have loved it if like, you know how in those films when somebody's just talking and going on a rant and then a bus hits them. Yeah. I would have loved it if that guy was just standing there and suddenly the reindeer like run him over. <laughs> like they just come in and trample him and just like run him over and then just be like, oh, like a, like a reindeer you guys came gang. back. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's it's that kind of playfulness that I felt like I was missing from this. And again, no, I, it is highlighted I, yeah. by the couple of moments that, that it do exist. Um, so it's something like that that I'm just like, but instead he shoots Santa, Santa falls off the roof, then he gets taken out by Beverly D'Angelo and... And that's pretty much the end of that. And everybody conflict. believes. Yeah. Then it's then it's the Tinkerbell moment. You know, it's like that's you know that's the kind of thing where I'm just kind of like, okay. Again, I I, I do want to heap the praise where I think the praise is merited, but it is moments like that just to substantiate where my head is at that I'm just like, ah, oh, it was right there. You could have just you could have just done that one thing, and and that would have you know 
anyway. No, I mean, again, I, I think your your notes are valid. Uh, you know, it, 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 I I entered this kind of liking the movie, and uh, I'm gonna <laughs> exit this like uh, Leguizamo from a chimney. We <laughs> <laughs> like, just shoved me up the. Chimney I'm just a torso, my, you know. My- like <laughs> I came into this a whole person. <laughs> oh my goodness! And now I'm just now I'm just my upper body, and not even all of that. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I don't know if we can say this about limbless Leguizamo, but did you squirm? Did you win? Did. Mm-hmm. did you squint your eyes real tight? Mm-hmm. It was probably because of what we around here call Danny Ray. That sure as hell ain't right. That ain't right. All right, Reed. <laughs> I'm going to introduce a new segment to the show Uh-oh. that hopefully in weeks and years to come will only continue to be a present uh, element of okay. the fear of God. And that is kids say the darndest things. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so yes. yeah i watched the show with my 15 and 13 year old and it's funny because uh my oldest who can tend to be a little anxious i was like hey do you do you would you like to watch violent night you know i went back and forth in my head on whether to open sure, this up to yeah. them and they're big stranger things that's david harbour fans and and she she actually was like i'm not sure i said well in case you're unclear like it's not like scary slasher or super supernatural type horror or whatever like it's 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 kind of just like as the name suggests it's violent it's santa Mm -hmm. trying to Mm -hmm. you know help this family and it it's kind of bloody and stuff and and honestly to your point earlier my biggest concern was the language um sure yeah 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 yeah. for what it's worth that that day uh i screenshotted from common sense media the list of words texted to my wife was like i'm thinking about letting them watch this what do you think she's like well you know, some of this is just going to be discretion. I'm sure they hear these words all the time at school, you know? So I was like, uh, uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's reassuring. The- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel worse. <laughs> like, what? like, like, let's watch Tim Allen Santa Claus instead. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a great movie. Is okay. It? I don't know. Um, have you never, have you never seen the original Santa Claus? No, I wasn't kidding when I said that. Um, oh, that move, that first movie is, great i mean i have a soft spot for all of them but that first one is a holiday classic anyway that's huh. not the movie we're talking about nope, but it's not yeah um, okay so i will say that after the movie was over uh we all parted ways the kids went to bed shaken and just like you know haunted um but i, <laughs> <laughs> I went into my room glazed went into the, the bedroom and and uh, tracy my wife she was like i thought you were going to show them a movie i said what are you talking about she's like all I heard downstairs is, oh, oh, you know, just <laughs> groans and just horrified. Um, so some of the things that were actually said, um, this is probably, I don't know, 20 minutes into the movie. Uh, one of them mm-hmm. said, there's a lot of blood in this movie. I was like, uh, we got a lot of movie left yes. to go, kid. You know, <laughs> You're like this is 10 minutes, like. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you question your choice you're like oh god i've made a terrible mistake um they ain't seen leg legless legless leg, no, leg was they've not um uh during your that ain't right i.e the star in the eye i mean they were just like oh yes shrieking yeah. like ah yeah but just just was not and then it catches fire and like, oh, my God. You know? It's so great. And, it's so and great. Uh, at one point, the 13-year-old, she says, uh, she said, 
I can't ever eat a peppermint again or put a star on a tree. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's ruined Christmas. (laughs) At the very end, uh, Limbless Leguizamo, uh, it's it's like it takes a second to register. And the 15-year-old, she Mm -hmm. goes, that's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. That has been the first installment of Kids Say the Darndest Things, Violent Night Edition. Oh, man. Um, And kids apparently shriek the darndest things. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, Well, what's funny is that, like, I was fully in, like, completely on board for, and I've got a question for you. Yeah. Sincerely. Sincerely. Now, what I am picking up on so I don't want to put you in a bad spot Uh-oh. or put you too much on the spot. Because what I am picking up on is that a lot of the affection you have for the film is, here's some nuance when I say this, like like brainless fun, just the fun of it, the energy of it, and not necessarily uh, you know moving far beyond that. I could be wrong, which is what's fueling my question that I'm about to ask you. I was 15 minutes into this movie. I was completely, completely on board for disillusioned Santa Claus Maybe this is the last Christmas, and you know why am I still doing this? I was completely on board for all of that, and then thought it was like hysterical. Uh, it was my secondary of that ain't right when he like the old bartender like comes out there and she's like, <gasps> yeah, oh yeah, it is yes, you, and then yes, just like <laughs> bars in her face. Was, yeah, thought that was hysterical. Um, but I was so I was so in. I was so on board for disillusioned Santa and kind of forecasting. Santa's going to find reason to believe, believe you know, himself, he's, he's going to renew that. And the way the narrative played out, he is absolutely protecting Trudy, completely, like full stop. But I struggled to ascertain what the film was trying to aim for with that. Because I didn't feel like Harbor, great as he is, really gained much from this. And can you help? So my, that's my question to you is that like, what do you think the film is trying to say about Christmas? Because uh, I feel like there's this weird tension between whether the film wants to be sentimental or cynical, and I'm struggling with that tension. So what, what do you feel like this film is trying to explore with that? I know it's a very open-ended question, but that's what I'm no, needing. No, I mean, I think for. that... Uh, to answer part A of your question, yes, there's a world where uh, the context in which I've watched this, the two times I've watched it were enough to, to innervate and buoy me into a place of just kind of entertainment. Um, yeah. And which is fair. And, and my affection for Harbor goes far in closing the circle there. But here's what I think. I think that this is going to sound like a defense of mediocrity. It's not intended to be. <laughs> I think it's just hard to make shit. I think it is hard sure. to yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, which which actually isn't me trying to poke holes in your your inquiry there. It's simply that no, I get that. Yeah, I am. Uh, okay, I'll frame it this way. If if right now or after two viewings in, I came away thinking, "Oh wow, this is maybe a more cynical sort of piece than I thought," mm-hmm. I think I'd be mm-hmm. less on its side. Um, which, which actually isn't me saying it's not cynical at all. Like, uh, like, Mm -hmm. um, 
I just think right now, at least I'm not quite there, uh, because I did see it as an entertainment. Um, yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard to make things and it's hard to, uh, weird as it sounds, it's hard to make things with a consistent voice to them in the media sort of environment that we live in. Um, I think that it's easy. It's easier to get lost in the making than we want to realize, which aren't defenses yeah. of like, so just settle, uh, the, the, despite how that might sound, just settle for, you know, less than, um, right. I think the movie thinks it's after sentimentality or, or just with a hard edge to it. Um, I got that. I got that sense that but, it wanted to be. But to your point, I, I think I think the far, uh, not the farthest as in I'm unwilling to go beyond this, but as in where I felt it the most wasn't quite in how the movie resolves. It's in that this particular, the second viewing, I was more conscientious of my kids and how they're taking it in or not uh, than I was sure. the first time. Yeah. But I, I remember thinking after the first viewing that there isn't quite a... You know, Santa finds a, a Skull Crusher 2.0, and that is <laughs> quote unquote exciting. But there's nothing, yeah. there wasn't the triumphal sort of stepping into refreshed identity that, yeah, yes, the, of mo- course. the movie kind of posits at the beginning. Um, that, yeah, that and this, toys that, with. This yeah. is a person, a mythical person, but person nonetheless who has lost, you know, his own uh enchantment um yeah sure you know and 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 so i would agree that the movie uh tiptoes back towards that but doesn't probably get as close to it as even it thinks it does um if if this is answering your question at all yeah it is um and the the two things that i'm actively trying to avoid and take the film on its own terms is number one i'm trying to avoid or at least minimize comparing the film we have with the film I wish it was. The second thing is try, is comparing it to your point about it's hard to make things. There are two films that I think of immediately. One I know you've seen, another one I don't know if you've seen or not. Uh, the two films that I think of that have what I feel like is on the shelf for this film, which is it's got a bite. It's got a uh, uh, an edge to it. It is not uh, for the little ones but also aims at sentimentality. One is Krampus, which we covered on the show. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Krampus really hits a bullseye on this recipe of deploys the sentiment, deploys the edge, deploys the bite. um, And neither one really overpowers the other in the overall mix, but that's Krampus. The other one, which is a film I don't know if you've seen, have you ever seen bad Santa with Billy Bob? uh So um, bad Santa, just, just briefly to make my comparison is is like a 90 minute movie, maybe an hour 45 or something like that. Um, but it spends like two thirds of its runtime really going for it, like really going for the edge. We are trying to gross you out. We are trying to make you uncomfortable. We're trying to make you leave if we can, because we're going to try to offend you and then go for the vulgarity vulgarity. So then when the film near the end by against all odds earns a very sort of earnest and sincere reaching towards you know the need we have to to satiate our loneliness and the need we have for connection i was kind of stunned where i was like dang <laughs> like you built all this up and then really earned this payoff 
Um, so I'm sensitive to what you say about like, it's hard to make things and everything, but it's really difficult for me knowing and seeing a couple of other instances, which have kind of got this recipe, right. What it felt like they wanted in, in taking violent night on its own terms, what it felt like they wanted, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll separate what the film feels like from what Harbor feels like in it, because I do think they're a little different. What it felt like the film was after is an opportunity to have the real Santa Claus, beat up a bunch of bad dudes. Sure. That's what it felt like. And and it felt like the film was kind of yada yadaing a lot of things to get to we want Santa to beat up all these bad dudes. Like that's that's yeah, as much I as the film that. flavor gave me. Whereas Harbor, and this is why I'm I'm keeping that kind of separate, because of what I know of him as a performer, because of what I feel like he, I think Harbor keeps trying to infuse moments in it of humanity, moments mm-hmm. of vulnerability, moments where uh, he is sort of not perfect, not only just not perfect as in like he's a little saucy, but also like, I don't know how that magic works, you know, when he's talking right. about the bag and stuff like that. Um, so I feel like Harbor is continuing to try to infuse something. And so my feeling at the moment is that Harbor in his performance might be aiming for something different than the film is aiming for, which might be a disconnect that I'm picking up on, that it's like Harbor maybe for personal and maybe for creative reasons is aiming for this to be version a, whereas the filmmakers may just want nothing more than for it to be an excuse for some, you know, right. Fun action set pieces, you know? Um, so that's, that's kind of what I'm rolling at. Um, yes. And, and, uh, you're saying in more explicit terms, what I at least was trying to point to, which is, because there are times this this viewing where I was like, man, he is scene to scene. Harbor is in it. To, mm-hmm. He he yeah is 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 a non winking, unapologetic, disillusioned Santa Claus, the mythical being. Yes, absolutely. Yep, I agree. And and that you know shot through the film drags a lot of the weaker elements along with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so mm-hmm. I, I can get on board with you there. I guess I'm not so far down the road as you are of actively wishing for different things. I can, I, hear that. I can yep. see the things you're pointing to and sort of say like, Oh no, that would have been kind of fun and cool. Um, and, and truth to tell, which doesn't again, isn't an effort to let the filmmakers off the hook. I don't know what the production process like this, what um, was for this. And in other words, how oh, many writers, sure. how many writers were there? You know, what was the development process like, you know, and, and, and that's right, sort of what I right. meant by things are hard to make. That wasn't meant to be a defense of, of subpar. Um, I'll frame it this way. Um, I, I just listened to a lengthy conversation today on, uh, from, on the big picture of, of the Marvels and, Mm, mm-hmm. And uh, this is no spoiler alert for content of the film uh, for the heavy MCU heads. Like there's a world where someone could watch that movie and take it to task for a lot. Um, oh, interesting. And okay. I would, there are a few things they would take it to task for that. I would be like, you're wrong or no, those things aren't there at the same right. time. Um, which would I feel like I'm accidentally walking into Nathan's just an MCU apologist. That's actually not where I'm aiming. Uh, <laughs> the things that I found enjoyable about it because my expectations were low, uh, sure. Kind of polished over some of those heavier weaknesses. 
Um, yeah. yeah. And, and so importing that idea here is simply me trying to say the experiences I had watching it definitively the first time on a certain level, the second time uh, papered over some of the things you're pointing to that maybe uh, your viewing experience might've been a more honest, honest one. Uh, if, mm, if, if I hear you, if, yep. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're putting it in these, in these ways, because I, I hear you make the point to Krampus and, and having only seen it once when we covered it. Yes. That one has a lot more there, there. Sure. Uh, yes. You know, yeah. and, and, and to be fair, when I, uh, you made this, that gummit, what was it? We just covered when you were like, all I could think about was all the other movies. Oh, scream. Oh, um, it was scream. Yeah. Scream 2022. Yeah. You know, reading some of the backstory for violent night and just the level of pointing it does to die hard. I came away sure. from reading yes. the stuff. I was like, well, okay. cause here's, here's what's, here's what I want to be die hard. Here's yeah. what's hard read is though. You and I aren't in the, we are active creators in Hollywood who are cobbling <laughs> together our histories and pop culture influences into new material that exists right. in ways that happened right. for we we aren't literally those people but we are part of that generation that is just yeah. cobbling together the influences they had and hoping sure. hoping for the best i mean yeah um if someone might say it feels like i'm coming over to your side so in some ways i am in principle right which is to say like mm-hmm. <laughs> we've talked about him a lot david harbour stranger things is is in its totality uh, uh a non-existent product without uh like like 80 Five percent of it is unoriginal, <laughs> you know. Sure, in the um, sense, yeah, yeah, in in the, in, uh, in, in no, the sense I, of I it totally just, am on the it, wavelength it, of what it, you're it saying. Just being yeah. uh, the ocean that all of these streams uh, uh, that came before it are flowing into. Now, yeah, what I think you're saying on a certain level, or let me put our uh, articulate what I'm hearing is, we're never going to be devoid of influence, but. Correct the sober, thoughtful, conscientious, you know, um, discerning sort of creator is going to, as best they can leverage influence, not merely cop to it, you know, yeah. it's, it's right. about, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so in, in that regard, I, I can fully kind of get on board with you. Um, I do kind of wish the things we're after were more present, um, I eat sure. Course. Just fresh, thoughtful, you know, kind of things that are clearly inspired by, but also pushing forward. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling yeah. a little bit, but I don't know if I'm speaking your language here. No, I, I don't think you're rambling. And I do agree about the, um, you know, the, the influences are something that should be leveraged. And, uh, you know, it's like, I kind of want to just keep saying like, no, just just embrace it. Uh, don't merely wink at it. Don't merely point to it. Just embrace it. And I feel like, if, if anything, that's one thing Stranger Things kind of unabashedly does. That's like, no, we are, we, we're a show about the 80s and and we are kind of a show of the 80s and all this kind of things. And even in its weaker moments, I feel like it still kind of gets that flavor right for the most part. Um, I feel like when it comes to Christmas films with a with a bite, with an edge to them, I don't have any problem whatsoever. Zero problem with we're going to really, uh, you know, bare our teeth and go for it, which means limbless leg was 
it means you're going to see a lot of blood and gore. You're going to see heads explode. You're going to see, right. uh, you know, star through the eye. Like, we're really going to go for it. I got no problem with that. Um, I feel like I just can't quite escape the sensibility that the filmmakers were like, hey, what if we made John Wick or Die Hard, but the John McClane or the John Wick is Santa Claus? Like, what if we did that? And I feel like the sensibility I get from the film is everybody was so excited for that. And that energy and that excitement pours through in the film. But then in that process, they didn't take the time to ask from my takeaway one viewing in. They didn't take the time to ask any of the whys. And I don't necessarily need the whys, except if you're not going to go like full zany. You know, it's like (laughs) uh, silly really silly comparison. Um, but if you're going to go full zany, like a friggin' Ernest scared stupid or Ernest saves Christmas or something. And you're just like, we're going to be zany. Then the why is kind of irrelevant at that point. Sure. Like, what are you showing up to this movie for? You're showing up for this movie, whatever. But I feel like, and again, maybe it was Harbor. Maybe it was an attempt to try to thread some needles here, but I feel like the film peaks a couple of times at trying to say like, Oh yeah, but we're about disillusioned Santa Claus, you know, like, Almost with the film that we have, you could have gone in either direction. You could have either had a disillusioned Santa Claus who comes through the course of the film to realize, no, this is why Christmas is important. I don't think anybody can look at this film and give any version of this is why Christmas or Santa or any of that matters. I I, I don't think the film tells me that. Or you could go the other direction and make, (laughs) I don't know that this would really work as well, but make David Harbour like hyper bubbly. We know he can do it. You know, make him like super fluffy sure, sure. Santa, not disillusioned at all. And then he encounters yeah. all these bad guys and like, what the, what, what? But then finally through the course of the film decides, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> and then just like, go for it. That's also a discernible arc, which I could kind of get on board for. As it stands right now, it just kind of feels like the, the the film doesn't necessarily have a point of view. It has, and I and I say this with applause, I say this with praise, it has an excuse to put Santa Claus against some baddies. And if that's what you want, you got David Harbour bringing A-game performance level, and you got those great action set pieces. If that's all you want from the film, then I actually say to that end, I would probably recommend it, fast-forwarding to the end of the episode. But for me, for my sensibilities, I usually want a little bit more to sink my teeth into. I want something, or if you're going to give me something that is a bit more flatlined, then just kind of just go for it. And the film, I feel, goes for it like two or three times. I feel like it really goes for it with Leguizamo's ending point. I feel like it really goes for it with the Trudy Home Alone stuff um, uh, and maybe even for that basement fight scene. But the rest of it, I'm just like, okay, you kind of, it kind of just knocked on the door. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't, you know, you didn't all the way come down the chimney. And I don't, you know, I feel always, because I root for movies so much, this is just a personal statement, because I root for movies so much, I do feel bad sometimes when, uh, as the reputation I have to be more benevolent and diplomatic and, and you know, that kind of thing. So when I'm trying to engage with a film about what I was lacking, I uh, very quickly feel bad for it because I'm like, they worked really hard and I'm sure they made it with the best of intentions. And to your point, it's hard to make stuff. And basically anything getting made is 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 probably a win to that degree. But it doesn't stop me from contemplating about these are the kind of things that this premise could have offered and didn't quite for me for what I'm 
after which 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 again and and with sincerity i i I see comprehend and empathize with and and don't even and don't disagree with i think i i think there's also an expectation factor you know like you've had you've had a year to sort of ponder getting around to this one and you finally do and it's not exactly Mm -hmm. what you sort of would have liked um Mm -hmm. no it's absolutely right you know so I, I, what I don't want you to hear is like Nathan reminded me that things are hard to make. And so I should be more <laughs> sensitive to this. Like, you know, like I, I think, I think your desire for better, um, Richard Rohr, uh, quote just came to mind of the, the best criticism of the bad is the doing of the better. Um, mm-hmm, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so I, I can applaud and, and endorse and get behind and, um, you know, kind of come alongside and the desire for a better, I think, you know, you just laid it out. If what you want is Santa beating up bad guys, which again, yep. I got sold via marketing. <laughs> so sure, of course. That's yeah, what yeah, I walked yeah, in I sort it. of thinking. And I was like, well, they kind of delivered that, you know, um, yep. Uh, yep. I, I can agree with and get behind your desire for like, well, I wish it had gone a little deeper, you know, in my mm-hmm. more thoughtful mm-hmm. moment. I'm like, yeah, I can see that too. <laughs> sure, of course. No, of course, of course. And I think too, just to end on, well, for me, end on this note is I have become fascinated and at times come to love among some of my favorite films. Films that are willing, films and books and stories that are willing to tackle directly. I mean, full directly tackle the problematic cultural place Christmas has reached for us, which is, it's this consumerism, it's this materialism, it's this all this stuff that it is not supposed to be about. Um, so I've come to really appreciate when films are willing to go for that, and as a result, have found myself with slightly less tolerance for things that want to play in that sandbox but don't have a substantive thing that I think kind of pushes the conversation forward or even engages the conversation. Like I said, I feel like this was uh, a, a big budget fun and games. Let's throw this scenario together. Uh, you guys said on lights out, you know, a concept in search of a plot. That's how yeah. I feel about this film. It's a concept in search of a plot. Um, well, and, and, so, and the hard part know. that I think you're, uh, you know, pointing to, even though maybe have not said it verbally in this way is like, I think I have so little expectation of this that I'm more forgiving when it doesn't get there. But I mean, for all my love of Harbor, for all my affection for his performance in this, for all my sort of willingness to kind of go, you know, find enjoyment in it at the end of it, we're still left with what is a pretty straightforward, like, um, you know, just, just believe like, well, I don't really understand what yes. I'm supposed to be yes. believing in, why it, why I should believe in it, why it's supposed to matter That's to it. me, why it should matter to you. Like, like I, I'm, 100%. Sh- I'm, I'm fully there with you on that. Like by yeah, the end yeah. of it, it's like, okay. Um, you know, what, what, why should it matter other than mm-hmm. this being survives, like literally like lives on at the end of this movie, yeah. uh, why should it mm-hmm. matter that I believe in this? Um, yes. Uh, right, so, right. so no, I mean, I, I think, like I said, you know, that's a fair, uh, a fair desire. Um, and mm-hmm. I, and mm-hmm. I, and, and, you know, my honest self does wish 
that were more legible in more movies that want to play in that sandbox to use your language here. I think because I just, (laughs) here's a cynical take because I just kind of give up on like movies generally (laughs) doing that. Well, uh, I I don't, I hear that, you know, look for it really. Um, which may be sad on my part, but, uh, anyway, I don't know if that makes some sense. It does. It does. Um, well, I think, Unless you have more to say, I think this is a good place for the fog meter. Um, so fog meter is our specific metric of fear and God, where we rate these films on their scares and their substance. So um, I'll go first and kind of kick the door down um, on fear. So obviously this is not, even though we are a horror movie podcast, uh, this is not necessarily a straightforward horror film. It's got some tension. It's got quite a bit of suspense. Um, and I would definitely feel like, you know, it, it rivals in some of the violence and grotesquerie, uh, plenty of the things that we do watch. Um, so really for the violence level and for the gore level, I'm going to give it a five. What say you okay. on the <laughs> You didn't no, take a no. long pause. I didn't know if you were going to move no, on or if you're no, pivoting to no. me. Um, what say you? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I... I, I agree with all the things you've said. I think watching it with my kids adds an extra layer of flavor there. Um, sure. I'll go with a five and a half on this. Um, it okay. is not scary. It is gross and, and, and gory. Yeah. What would you give it for the God meter? My desire would have been for you to go first so that I'm not uh, <laughs> offsetting what might be no, strong no, no, on your end. No, um, no. I, I think Speak on, your heart. I think uh, if I'm ranking what I believe harbors after it'd be pretty high uh harbor isn't the sole element of this film and so that's going to temper a good bit um i think right now uh because you have filled my stocking with coal i'm going to land (laughs) at a five (laughs) i'm gonna land at a five i think it thinks it might be about substance um um, I don't know that it fully and totally is. Um, to your point, as as bought in as I am in the first five minutes of Disillusioned Santa, which which theoretically portends uh, Santa coming around to his own sort of comeuppance, not comeuppance, but you know, coming into self. I don't know that the movie fully delivers on that promise, and so yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gonna go with a five. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead with my number, and then I'll unpack it for a little bit. So I'm going to land on a three for me. Uh, let's look at a, like a, a, a recipe. Uh, I, I, I've taken to really enjoying that kind of metaphorical language when talking about some of these things. Um, if we're looking at a recipe, I think a film that had some things to say about disillusioned Santa and about Christmas and about some of those other things that had the violence as flavoring or as like cilantro in the middle of it. I feel like that would have worked really, really well. Uh, it, it was born into my brain through the course of this conversation, but the more I think about it, I'm like the idea of a 30, the first 30 to 40 minutes of David Harbor being overly bubbly and like silly Santa that just gets suddenly has to make a pivot because of all of the, the violence that he can't stem the tide of and then just goes for it. I, I really am kind of, uh, to the typewriter on that movie. Um, but, I feel like this one reverses that and I feel like the violence is the point. I mean, it's called violent night. Like sure. in, in case listeners think I'm unaware that it's, it's in the marketing, it's in the title. This is what you sign up for. But I think it thinks the violence is the point and that some of these thematic things are the cilantro to it. So that blend is just not really my favorite flavor. Um, so that's where I will land on the three for the substantive element of it. Um, 
But that means that we give Violent Night a 5 out of 10 on the fog meter. So that's still, you know. No, don't, again, don't, this do is, that. don't do that. This is not, you know, <laughs> this is not, again, I, I will, uh, we didn't say it in the lead-in. Um, this is not how we rate the quality of the films. This is their heft. This is their gravity. This is what they ask of you as a viewer. So would you recommend Violent Night to people? Um, an hour and a half ago, I would have. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, again, I, I, so I, I think you're stalking with gold. <laughs> I do love that moment where he throws the grenade into the guy's pants. I gotta watch that. Um, oh, that was fun. I, yes, I no, don't that. do that. Don't do that. Um, I, I'm playing I mean with it, you. though. No, I'm yeah, playing with no. you. Um, I think that, uh, if, if you believe the marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could enjoy this movie. And from that standpoint, yeah, I do think it's fun. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think it's depth. Uh, don't come to it for depth. Come to it for sure. A sort of in- entertaining uh, Christmas themed uh, movie with a really strong Harbor performance. Yeah. If you like David Harbor, if you like, and I'm, I'm I say this without my tongue in cheek, uh, if you like violence, like if you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to sign up for a bunch of if you're uh, a sadistic mofo uh, <laughs> action, action set pieces, uh, then this film does deliver fun action set pieces uh, in the midst of all my criticism. I don't know that I necessarily highlighted that enough that uh, the, the action set pieces are enjoyable, especially for action movie fans. Absolutely. Um, and David Harbour, all the praise and credit to, to him for continuing to, just show up full commitment. Um, so, so, but with that in mind, I think I, it would be a tempered recommendation for us for a niche audience. That would be for me. It would be, uh, something that's like, yeah, if you like that and to your point, like if, if, if the marketing appealed to you about that, then yeah, check this out. Uh, Harbor alone is kind of worth the price of admission, but for other sensibilities, maybe not. Okay. That's where I land. So I know, I know. <laughs> no, you're like, wow, really glad no, I said yes to. You're good. To you're sign good. it up to Violent Night, you know. Like, I'm just rah. thankful I read your letterbox first, so I wouldn't be surprised by a surprising so take. Dis- so disheartened, you're just like, man. I'm like, I'm. I parkoured out the window. I ran up there and I told all the bad guys, like, oh look, hey, Reed's showing up to the conversation, and Reed just like, just blew me away. Um, no, it's it's cool. Next week, though, it was decided right here, right now. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're just going to keep this action Christmas theme going. And next week, uh, not really a horror film, but I'm excited to talk about it regardless. Uh, we're going to be going to John McTiernan's, the, the film that made, absolutely made Bruce Willis an action star. Right. Uh, he was already a known celebrity for Moonlighting, but this is the film that made Bruce Willis an action star. Uh, and yeah, I'm very excited to hear how you respond to it, not having seen it often or frequently. I'm very curious and eager and excited to hear your take. We're going to die hard. So uh, next week, now I have a machine With gun. a vengeance. Ho, ho, ho. Not with a vengeance. That is Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> and it is so much fun, but... Uh, no, the original Die Hard, the OG, and uh, hopefully we will not spend an hour of the episode debating about whether or not it is a Christmas movie. Um, so, but uh, next week we're going to Die Hard. As we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. In that spirit, 
We encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you, Nathan. We hope you had a happy Thanksgiving and we hope you're gearing up for the holiday season. We will see you next week. Bye. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media, essays, and episode archive merchandise and more. If you love what we do, please consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast. There you'll unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online event access, and so much more. We want to issue a special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork, also to our assortment of talented musicians, including Andrew Nelson, The Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes, and also to Lee Wright, who helped me, Reed Lackey, write our theme music. Special thanks also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, and if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, everybody.